Hey, welcome back. Steve here. And today I'm talking with Joe Dockery, an award-winning classroom arts and media educator. He's recognized as an Adobe education leader as well. He engages his students in real-world projects and gives them the autonomy to be creative. Oh, what an awesome talk. You will be inspired. So much to learn. And by the way, before you go, it would be so cool if you went to my website, stephenmaletto.com slash reviews and uh, left a review. There's a button right there. You just push it and you could uh, tell me what you think about the show. Uh, thanks so much for doing that and uh, enjoy the show. It's the Education Podcast, your favorite show, with lots of groovy guests, and they share what they know. So crank it up to 10 and let your neighbors know that here's another show with Dr. Steve Miletto. Teaching, learning, leading, K-12. Teaching, learning, leading, K-12. Teaching, learning, leading, K-12. Ah, ah, with Dr. Steve Miletto. A frontline classroom arts and media educator, a professional development leader, an author and frequent conference presenter, Joe Dockery makes sure his students work on real-world projects through partnerships he's developed with local businesses and organizations throughout the Snoqualmie Valley in Washington State. He's an Adobe education leader and has inspired educators coast-to-coast coast as they integrate technology tools and resources into the arts and media curriculum. He's received the Washington State Golden Apple Award, Radio Shack's Technology Teacher of the Year Award, both the Best of the Best and Making It Happen Awards from ISTE, and the Adobe Education Leader Impact Award. This is going to be so cool. Joe, thanks for joining me today. Say hi to everyone. Hey, everyone. How are you doing? Man, I'm glad to have you here. This is so cool. You got so much stuff going on, and uh, and it's too bad my audience can't see it, but you got this really cool classroom that you're sitting in front of and uh, all kinds of neat stuff. So before we go any further, Joe, let's start with your interest in technology. Where'd that come from? Hmm, boy. You know, I guess I, I've always been interested in technology since uh, my brother and I got that first Pong game back in the uh, 70s, you know. Um, in college, one of my favorite classes I did was a a little um, independent study where I took one of those old Apple SEs, you know, one of the first ones that you could actually draw with. And it was the lovely 16 shades of gray. And I was making all sorts of art, having fun. And um, when I finally got into teaching, I was the only teacher that actually brought his kids down to the uh, computer lab and our Apple IIe's, and and I, I used to just love taking the kids down there. I was a math science teacher, but I found ways to integrate it, uh, you know, making spreadsheets about, I don't know, whales or something like that, you know? So I, I've always loved doing it. I've loved to, and I, I found that the kids really are engaged with that as well. So it was a, it was a win-win for me. That's so cool. The, uh, and good stuff. And it's, it's funny thinking, cause, uh, haha. You know, so we're going about the back, back the same time frame. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, so it's wild how far we've come. I, I remember us uh, in a in a building where I was teaching, having uh, this lab of these things called Mac Classics, yeah, and uh, the little towers <laughs> and with little bitty screens. Um, but uh, come a little ways. So, uh, good stuff. Uh, all right. So you're a classroom arts and media educator. Uh, what do you see your purpose as? I mean, what's what's that thing that kind of drives you? Well. Um, I guess I, I, I see many purposes, but one of the purposes is to give every single kid the tools they need to make their science report just a little bit clearer when they're communicating and a little bit 
more interesting to look at or, you know, to be able to tell their story with a video or an animation, um, you know, do, do a stop motion animation for that for that horticulture class that they're doing. So I, I really hope that every single kid walks away with tools that they can use to help communicate and to just have fun. I mean, art is fun. And I hope that they have a lot of fun in my class. You know, they walk away with a sticker that they designed and something, you know, a keychain that they made on the laser and something that they can share with their friends and family. And then on the other hand, uh, you know, I have kids that want to take this to the next level and actually create a career and a life out of this. And I really get a lot of enjoyment and engagement out of watching those kids grow from you know, I used to be a middle school teacher up till, you know, now as a high school teacher, I, I love seeing those kids that get passionate about this subject and then go on. And and I stay connected with most of those kids and they come back and they teach my kids about the industry. This weekend, um, I put on the Puget Sound All Girls Film Challenge networking event. And out of the 20 professional women that were there, uh, three of them were from former students, you know, and it was just wonderful and heartwarming to see those kids giving back to, well, they're now women giving back to my current kids um, and helping them into that career that, you know, they want. So I, I love, I love both the beginning, you know, giving kids those basic tools and then helping kids get into the industry. That's so cool. And uh, you, you mentioned something I make sure that I, I, I say, cause you know, we've, we've come a long way, even though we've come a long way, you know, the kids can still do stop motion, which is really awesome. I've seen some amazing mm -hmm. Lego videos <laughs> where they, they make Lego Batman and all of them interact with each other. But, uh, but uh, it's, it, it, what's neat is that, uh, you know, we go back uh, um, not so very long ago and, uh, you know, lots of stuff were, had to be done by stop motion. And now the, yeah. the different types of animation and different things that we can do. Um, well, and right, you know, in their pocket, they have this amazing tool that they can design cool graphics, make a video, do stop motion animation, uh, just everything that they need is right in their pocket. And one of the, you know, COVID was really horrible. I hated not having my kids in my classroom, but we did learn a lot about how to, you know, take, uh, get a lot out of a little. And, uh, you know, I also find that my kids are are hungry to be back in school with each other, hanging out, you know, with all the cool tools here and just having fun. So, um, you know, I guess uh, you appreciate more what we have when we, when it gets taken away. Oh, you got that right. The, uh, it is amazing because once they get together, they can start collaborating and working on things mm -hmm. and using those tools. And, um, but yeah. it is funny because, you know, that, that timeout, um, that we had literally, I guess I should say that was kind of a funny little, <laughs> yes, we did have a timeout. <laughs> um, the, uh, it, it lent itself, I guess, for people discovering for a lot of the kids discovery as well as adults discovering the different tools that they had time to take a look mm -hmm. at them. Cause you know, it's funny when I was a classroom teacher, kids were lugging around those uh, big, um, video recorders and, uh, now, you know, it progressed from the big ones to the little ones and, uh, and now it's all right there in that phone and, uh, it's yeah. just amazing what they can do. So, uh, but, uh, you know, just, you got me thinking about those big old cameras they'd lug around, man. <laughs> yeah. Huge. Drive their families nuts. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, and I mean, just we're on zoom right now, you know, four or five years ago, I wouldn't have known about zoom and, and now, uh, you know, I have, 
businesses zooming into my classroom to talk to the kids about, you know, work or former students that are off in LA, you know, working in Hollywood and they can just in an instant be in my classroom. It's, it's amazing. That's so cool. So cool. And since you brought that up, let's, let's talk about having your students work on real world projects. I mean, what do you hope to accomplish by doing this? And and I got to make sure you go back to something you just started to mention a second ago, which is, could you share about those partnerships that you seek out? Absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, it's not always just me seeking it out. Now I've gotten to the point where they're coming to me, which is awesome. Um, We, we do just a ton of design and production work for outside organizations and local companies, and some of them even not so local. So uh, last semester, um, we had a mobile truck washing company. So they basically, they wash semi-trucks, right? And instead of you driving your semi-truck to their car wash, they come to you so that you don't have to put the wear and tear on your truck. How did I meet them? Uh, I was at a fundraising event and my kids were doing this presentation on working with different clients. And they said, oh my gosh, that's so cool. Can you make us a logo? So they zoomed into the classroom because they're on the other state side of Washington state. They talked to the kids about what their needs were, what they were looking for. And then uh, my kids did research on the business. They designed a bunch of different logos. Um, the thing I love about those kind of client projects is that interaction with the client and the student. And uh, in a normal assignment, you turn it in, you get a grade, you move on. Whereas when you're working with a client, first of all, it's much more motivating for the students when they know that this is actually going to go on the side of a van or a, on the side of a, you know, um, a semi truck or maybe you know on a business card. So it's it's more motivating and it's real world in that the one that gets chosen, it's not done. The client then wants, okay, we really like this one, but now you have to do this and this and this. And that process of refining and going through, you know, different iterations is super valuable. And it builds that kid's portfolio, you know, not only did I do a classroom project, but now I have a logo that is out there in the world being used by a business that I can put on my resume or I can put into my portfolio. And it's just an, an amazing opportunity for kids to build up their skills. I love that. That's so cool. The, you know, and you know, just the idea of making connections with uh, um, these, these entities that exist out there that uh, need help doing things and uh, being able to say, Hey, we got this, you know, and that's, uh, and it's solved yeah. for them, whatever their issue was. Well, and I always tell the business or the, you know, the organization, you know, the three things, you know, we can either do it fast, we can do it good. Um, or, oh gosh, what is it? Fast, good. And uh, quality speed. Oh, I always forget the third one, but we're, we're not fast. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll do it really well but we're not fast. And so um, they have to be patient because, you know, it's, we don't work eight hours a day. We work one hour a day for five days a week, you know, and um, they have to be patient. And the other thing that I ask the the business to do is give us feedback, you know, Um, talk to the kids, interact with them, tell them what you like, what you need them to change. And that, that interaction and that process is, is really valuable for the kids. Oh, so much so. That's really cool. The, uh, as a, uh, a person who long ago when he was a teacher um, 
was a yearbook sponsor and uh, we took groups of kids out to meet businesses and sell ads. And then, and then you got the fun part where some of the businesses understood that they're really kind of making a donation to the school. Um, And then you had the ones who thought that uh, we were like a full-time advertising company. Yeah. (laughs) Well, we need to do this. We need to do that. It's like, whoa. (laughs) We are kids. (laughs) Yes, exactly. I I like, like the way you described it. You know, we meet uh, every day for an hour, not eight hours a day. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. And then there's, you know, soccer games and testing and what other things, you know, fire drills that, you know, get in our way. It's, it's good, fast and cheap. We're, we're really cheap. You know, we'll usually work for donuts or pizza. Uh, (laughs) We'll usually do a good job, but we're not necessarily fast. I like that. That's a good look. That's a good look. (laughs) Yeah. The uh, um, good stuff. I, all right. I, I've watched some of your videos that uh, were made using drones, which, uh, oh, I love that stuff. All right. It's just, uh, it's yeah. so cool. And, and uh, uh, could you talk about getting students interested in this type of photography? And, and by the way, one of my favorites, I, I was talking to you about this before we, we started. There's a car <laughs> that's, that's in a race or of some sort or something that's speeding around through like a desert environment. And the, the music just goes right with it. All it needs is like, uh, um, like James Bond, you know, running from it or uh, chasing it, you know, and then a few explosions and it would be <laughs> right on the good stuff. So tell me about that. Tell, talk yeah. about that. A few years ago, um, when drones became popular and, and um, affordable, uh, it, it was this kind of sweet spot where our school district was building a new elementary school and they wanted to document the the building process and so they came to me and just said hey joe you know if we get a drone would you go up there once a week and and videotape the process from you know breaking ground to finishing the school i'm like yeah that sounds fun you know give me a period of day and and a drone and i get to go do that so for a year you know every day or once a week i'd go up there and i'd film the process of building the school so it was really cool getting to know you know the construction guys and see how it was built but getting to fly on a regular basis and and bringing my kids up there and having them do it on a regular basis really gave us that day-to-day experience uh, uh, and repetition that you need to get really good at it. Um, some of those kids went on to film other things with their drones. Like um, nowadays, a lot of sports are using drones to study their their movement. So now our football team has a drone pilot. That's just part of the team, you know, and they film every practice and they're out filming games and stuff. Uh, there are some rules about how to you can and cannot film uh, around stadiums. But um, so now I've got kids that are, you know, working uh, real estate video, uh, doing that drone work. Uh, so they're finding you know, a career path using that as just one of the tools. The other thing is it, it just gives you such a really cool perspective, right? Um, most film that kids are shooting is at eye level. If they get really creative, they might get up on a ladder or something like that, you know, but from a drone, you just get a totally different perspective on that, you know, whatever subject you're shooting. And it's just a whole nother level of storytelling. A couple of years ago, I had a student that made this documentary and he had a ton of his own drone footage. Nowadays, a lot of kids have their own drones. It's not like they need my drone. They, they have their own. His drone work was so good. When we got the, the 
film back from the film festival, the judges wrote, you know, it's too bad you use so much stock footage. He had shot every single piece of that. And it was so good that they thought it was professionally shot. And they took points off, unfortunately. We should have, you know, explained that it was 100% student made. So, um, yeah, drones are really cool. And we're really lucky. About a mile from the high school here is a... um, a rally racing school. So they they put you in this really cool souped up Subaru and you just rip around this old awesome. um, logging camp. Uh, and that that's what you got to see. Um, three of us were just, we sat up on this bluff and we got to fly around as they were ripping around on these cars. It was really a cool day. That's so cool. That's yeah. Yeah, that's, that's incredible. What good stuff. All right. So you, you got to tell me any accidents with the drones, any, you know, Oh yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah. I, I'll, I'll never forget the time we were filming the elementary uh, construction and there's a couple big trees next to them. And uh, I made the mistake of saying, look out for that tree. And of course kid freaks out and dr- flies right into the tree. <laughs> Boom. Tumbles down from, you know, a hundred feet up and, and we had to send the drone in for a little repair. I think that cost us like 150 bucks. Nice. There's, if you never do anything, your equipment will be a hundred percent, but if it'll sit in your closet the whole time. So in my philosophy, I'd rather have it out in the kid's hands and every once in a while. Yeah. If we break something because we're doing something cool, that's worth it to me. Um, I, I, I hate keeping stuff in a closet. Now, I don't want them to be stupid and they have to, before they fly the drone, they have to go through um, a certain number of hours of training. They have to have uh, an adult with them at all times. They have to pass a, both a written and a hands-on exam. So we definitely, you know, safety is really important to us, but at the same time, you know, we want them using it and accidents happen. That's so cool. So I got to ask, has anybody pushed it to see how far it can go before you lose control? (laughs) Cause it's, Ah, yeah. you know, when we were doing that car stuff, we were actually a long, long ways away. Um, you always have to keep it in, you know, visual sight. That's, that's our rule. And that's actually, you know, one of the things that you're supposed to do when you're <laughs> responsibly flying it. Um, my, when, when I'm with them, they haven't, <laughs> but who knows, uh, you know, they, they probably find some, uh, you know, their parents that might let them push that. And of course, like I said, nowadays, um, most of my kids have their own drones. What's really crazy is the the ones that are doing the FPS where they put the goggles on and they're racing those. I've had one of my kids went on from me and got into that racing, drone racing. Oh nice. my gosh. Those things, he's got it just ripping through these obstacle courses <laughs> and scares me just to look at what he does. That's awesome. <laughs> cool stuff, man. <laughs> uh, all right. So, uh, You've received some really cool recognition, and let's talk about being an Adobe education leader. What's that mean? And it comes with some requirements, doesn't it? Uh, yeah. Um, so education leader is an awesome experience. Um, I It's almost coming up on 20 years of being an education leader, and it's, I guess, what I've really loved about that is the connections I've been able to make with both the other education leaders. Um, Some of my best friends are, 
you know, located around the country and there are other education leaders because we have so much in common and we get together and we break bread and we do these really great experiences and, and, um, you know, just consider them some of my best, best friends because of those experiences that we've had at conferences and at, you know, workshops in the summer. So it's great to be able to geek out, you know, about something where, you know, as a digital art teacher, I'm the only one at my school, you know, I, it's like this little silo. And so when you get to hang out with other people that love the same stuff that you do, that do the same stuff day to day, it's just, you, you get this instant connection and it's brought me all over the country. And so I've gotten to teach other people and go to workshops and, and make friends, you know, in Texas and Florida and Nashville. And there's just, you know, I now have these connections with other teachers all over the country, which has been really, really valuable. And it's opened up other opportunities. Like I've gotten to, to author a couple books and, and work on online courses. And um, so it's been, it's been a great experience And the, the Adobe family has been uh, really helped me grow and become a better teacher. So I've really appreciated it. I always tell people I, I bleed Adobe red. So uh, <laughs> <laughs> nice, nice. yeah, it, it's been a wonderful experience and I, that I value very highly. That's so cool. And I, I can only imagine when, cause yeah, you'd, you'd be, you know, you and yourself have a meeting together or something like this. And you yeah, exactly. but, uh, you know, but uh, when you get a chance to, Oh my gosh, the, uh, the powers that come together, then I can only imagine. Exactly. Nice. Collaboration. Yeah. Oh, that's so cool. All right. So um, you work for a certification uh, um, development company. Um, uh, yeah. And uh, it's called Brain Buffet. Exactly. Uh, can you talk yeah. about that? A buddy of mine, uh, another Adobe education leader and I, um, we were going all to these summer camps that Adobe was putting on, and we ended up being roommates. And, um, you know, Whenever you hang out with somebody that long, you, you develop a, a great relationship. I'd, I'd consider him one of my brothers. You know, he's just awesome. Rob Schwartz, um, he and I were just texting last night. And he was a classroom teacher that made these amazing tutorials. And people all over the country and all over the world were just, you know, loving his tutorials. And I was also making tutorials. I put them on CDs and he got smart and he started putting them online and started this company, Brain Buffet. The idea was, you know, you're just gonna be able to come along the buffet and get what you need. And um, so when he wanted to make the Premiere course, Premiere Pro and the After Effects courses, he invited me to be the one that got to develop those courses, those online courses. And it's really, uh, the majority of the Brain Buffet curriculum is focused on helping students and teachers get certified, Adobe certified. Um, so right now they call it the Adobe Certified Professional Exam. And we also were fortunate enough to be the subject matter experts that Certiport, the company that makes the exams, um, hired to help develop the exam. So um, we're educators. So we know what kids are, you know, what projects are exciting for kids. We're part of the team that developed the exams. We're Adobe education leaders. So we get to know ahead of time what, you know, Adobe is going to be doing. We get to help them develop their software. And so we're kind of ideally positioned to help develop this curriculum. And so it, it was a, it was a great experience and it, it's 
actually what my students use today. So, you know, in my classroom, every kid gets the opportunity to get certified if they want. And we provide the exams, we provide the curriculum, uh, we provide the practice exams and kids, you know, every week I have some new kid getting certified in Photoshop or Premiere or After Effects. It's awesome to be able to put on their resume or their business card, hey, I'm an Adobe certified professional in X or Y. So it's a great tool to help them launch that career. So I, I yeah, and um, that opportunity then led to another opportunity with um, Peach Pit Press. So they were trying to do a series called the, the Learn Series. And it, again, it was focused on getting certified for one of those exams. And I got to do the Premiere Pro and the After Effects book series, Learn Learn Series. And um, I always try to do fun stuff. So, you know, the, the cars ripping around that you were just talking about from yeah. the drone work? Well, that stuff is in my course. Nice. And, uh, you know, I have my kids out mountain biking and they're always bringing in this amazing footage. I'm like, okay, okay, can we use that awesome footage in these courses? So I, I really try to work stuff that I know kids are going to be engaged in. Um, when I was learning Premiere Pro and After Effects and all these different softwares, I was using, I don't know if you've ever heard of lynda.com. Yes, yes. It's a great, great library of curriculum. And, and it definitely helped me develop, but it's a little more at a professional level, more at an adult level, not at a kid level. And so I always try to make my curriculum, you know, at that high school, middle school, you know, something that's going to engage a kid, something that they're going to want to cut together. That's very cool. So, so these books that uh, through Peach Pit Press, uh, the Learn Series, um, mm -hmm. this is something anybody can buy, right? That you've created that uh, help them get through these uh, courses. Um, yeah. Become certified. <laughs> Yeah. And there's video tutorials built into the book. Um, there's a web edition. Um, so the, the kids can be, you know, reading through the book. The nice thing about a book is it's got those pictures, you know, you can dog ear things, you can highlight things, you know, it's that, that physical tangible piece, but the entire thing also uh, has step-by-step -step video tutorials that the kids can watch. I like to have the kids. Um, I, I have two monitors on every computer in my classroom. And on one monitor, they have the, the demo video watching me go through step by step or watching another instructor from Brain Buffet or one of the Learn Series book instructors talking to them. And then on the other monitor, they're, they're doing the software. They're actually doing it. Um, I find that to be the, the most effective way to teach kids. The nice thing about using those video tutorials and that self-paced course is if a kid's absent or, you know, a kid misses a lesson or some kids, they just need something twice, or maybe they need something three times. Um, they can do that. Another nice thing about those is they could do it at two times speed. Dockery's going a little too slow. You know, I already know this <laughs> stuff. Boom. Put them on two times speed and I'm going really fast. And, and it just, it allows kids to go at their own pace and to learn, you know, the way that they need to learn. So I, I find the, both the book series and the um, online series is more effective than me sitting up in front of the classroom. You, you rarely see Mr. Dockery in front talking. Um, he's really, you know, mostly going around and helping individuals. And uh, most of my curriculum is online or in the, in that book form. 
That's so cool. That's really awesome. I, all right. So I got to ask you this. This is, you know, as I listen to you talk, um, if you had the chance to teach a main subject or content area, what would that be? I mean, if you, if you, if you could just say, I, I want to do this for a while, um, what would that thing be that you just want to, I just want to do this for a while. Let's put that other stuff away for a while. Ooh, yikes. Um, that is a great question. And I think I'd have to say science. Um, when I was a middle school teacher, I, I got to teach science and that was really fun. Um, there's, it's really interesting and there's tons of great ways to integrate technology into it. So, nice, nice. <laughs> you know, if I was a science teacher, we'd be making uh, stop motion animations of, of this concept. And we'd be, uh, you know, graphing this thing on this and making infographics on this graphic design. So it have to be a subject that I could really weave a ton of digital art into. I love that. That's awesome. That was, uh, that'd bring a whole new thought to, you know, one of the things I love about, uh, especially middle school science is you can get messy, you know, it's like, and, uh, that'd yeah. be so cool with the technology mixed in there. You could have a blast with that, especially at stop motion stuff. Oh my God. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I agree. Getting messy is, is awesome. Nice. Excellent. I, I, all right. So if you had a chance to talk with a, a room full of teachers who are interested in learning about creating engaging opportunities for students in their classrooms, what would you tell them is a great place to start? Well, YouTube, <laughs> the internet. Um, yeah. I, I mean, there's just so many amazing resources out there. I, I think I'm more of a, um, you know, I find the great resources for my kids. I find the opportunities for them and I let them learn. I, I help them find the the right tools. That that that's what it's all about nowadays. Everything is out there at your fingertips. I mean, it there's just experts everywhere that are willing to share. Um, like you, like me. Uh, and and it's really about um, being that, that person that finds, you know, kids have a hard time. If you just say, learn this, go to YouTube, because then they have to sift through and try to right, find right. the right resources. My job is to find the right resources, set up the right schedule, help them understand what they're trying to learn and then show them, you just learned this, you know, let, let, let's build on that. Let's build on this. Um, not necessarily nowadays, you know, directly give them step-by-step -step instructions. That's, that's not what I do. I, I find it so much more powerful to, I don't know, it's not like a archive, but um, what would you call it? You know, when, when you're building the, the resource library or, um, that works. <laughs> yeah, like a, yeah. Just put, putting together the, the pieces to help them get to where they want to go. I mean, we, we start with goals, you know, what, right. what do you want it at the end of the year or at the end of this unit, the end of this semester, what do you want to have done? Oh, I want to win this film festival. Okay. But well, the, here's the steps that we need to do to get you that award of excellence. And you, you might not win, but at least you've gone through the steps and, and you've learned that last weekend we had a 48 hour film challenge and we had three different teams that were competing. 
two teams ended up making these great films. One team just crashed and burned hard. And when we came back, it was like, well, this happened and that happened and that happened and that happened. I'm like, you know, all four of those experiences were awesome. You are going to be so much stronger because of those things. And it was the young team. It was the sophomores, the seniors sailed through. Guess what? Those seniors went through the same pain. Those sophomores did just two years ago, you know? So, um, I don't know if I answered your question there, but oh, oh yeah, this is cool. This is uh, you know, it's it's uh, one of the things that uh, um, I I gotta say because you know part of what you were talking about is that there's so much stuff out there. You've also got to uh, right. kick and spend forever just trying to find one thing. Whereas if you created, if you helped them out with that and got kind of got rid of some of the mess, and you know, it's like I I just recently went to YouTube. I, I like to go to YouTube to find out how to fix things, and I. Um, you know, so recently it was a lawnmower that uh, had been sitting for a while and uh, the uh, belt in it had broken and and I'm like, all right, I got to I gotta stop putting this off and I got to figure out how to do this. Well, the problem is you go on YouTube and the cool thing is there's so many people that are telling you how to fix even that exact model. Um, but some of them do things like, you know, they leave steps out, you know, or they, you know, suddenly they miraculously get this part off and it's like, okay. How did you do that? Because that's the part I had the problem with. And, you know, once you start vetting it and you get down to a couple of them that you kind of like their styles, then, you know, that takes time. And so I can imagine the same thing with kids when you're talking about making uh, film and so forth or lighting, like <laughs> the lighting in the room or, or however you use this tool or that tool. They, they could spend forever doing that. And they, matter of fact, they'd be graduating and have kids by the time they figured it out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. They get lost in the weeds easily. Um, but that is part of what eventually they're going to need to do. I mean, um, like I said, I have tons of former students that come back and talk to me about the industry, about where, where they're at and what they're doing. And universally, they have to keep learning. They have to keep knowing, you know, getting better or you know, new tools are constantly coming out and they have to know how to find and learn those tools. I can't tell you how many times kids have said, you know, gosh, I, you taught me Premiere Pro, but when I got out to the job, I had to use uh, Final Cut or, you know, we learned Blender and now I'm using Maya or, you know, I, I've been using Maya now I'm using Blender and I had to learn how to do it and understanding how to learn using those tutorials, learn the shortcuts, you know, that, that process that we went through in class was super helpful. I also, um, last summer I read a book, um, on motivation called drive. Have you read that? Oh yeah. I love it. Yeah. It's awesome. So on, on my wall, it says autonomy, purpose, and mastery. And so that's what we're, we're focused on is finding what that kid's purpose is and then giving them the autonomy to work on, you know, what they need until they can master what they're, they're trying to, to work on. So uh, I'm really lucky that I have the tools and my, my district has given me like my class, it's called digital media. And I have animators, filmmakers, graphic designers, they're all in one period. So it's this collaboration of uh, kids looking at, you know, trying to meet their goals. Right. Um, so I can't do just, everybody's going to be focused on film for the next, you know, year it's everybody's do, working on their own stuff. And I found that that book was really helpful um, I can imagine. for me and for my kids. Yeah, I can imagine. That's cool. That's uh, that's awesome that you put that to work for you because that's uh, yeah, that's that's something else when you have all those kids in the same 
same class needing uh, Mr. Dockery's attention. So uh, <laughs> at some point, so <laughs> nice. Um, very cool. I, I, I love this. This is uh, what a cool uh, class and focus you have to be able to help kids to, uh, you know, be able to have that autonomy to figure out and, and make the mistakes that might yeah. happen. And hopefully not too expensive, like slamming the, the uh, drone into a plane or something or a tree, <laughs> <laughs> you know, but uh, yeah. good stuff. I, Joe, if someone wanted to follow up and connect with you and, or learn more, where would you send them? Oh boy. Um, hmm, that's a good question. Um, yikes. I do have a website. I think if you Google, my name but to be honest oh, i gotta be honest with you i haven't been updating it very often um, but it does have links to like the books and a lot of great tutorials um brain buffet is a you know an awesome resource but um and and we try to make it affordable but i like to give people free things um Actually, the Adobe Education Exchange would probably be the one resource that I think is is free, um, has great resources. I'm I'm right now I'm working with Brain Buffet on uh, the curriculum that's going to be free, which I'm really excited about. Uh, I don't know if you've ever heard of Adobe Express, but it's their yes. Um, they're easy to use, uh, free for educators and students uh, software that has both a graphic design, a web page design, and a uh, video tool. I, I absolutely love Express, and especially during COVID, it was it became my go-to tool because it was you know free. Every kid had it on their computer. Every kid could have it on their phone. It was just a great tool, and I found that it was so easy that we could really concentrate on those design concepts or those video concepts or the animation principles, you know, those, those core concepts without having to use some expensive, you know, Photoshop or premiere that wouldn't run on a student laptop. So um, we're developing that new curriculum and, and hopefully it's all going to be on the education exchange um, or on the brain buffet website, but um, both of those would be great resources. Excellent. I'll put that in the show notes so that uh, makes it possible for them to go find some of that information as well as uh, um, um, see the stuff that you're talking about. So appreciate it. Yeah. Um, I got two last questions and they're just general questions that I like to ask my guests. And the first one goes like this. Uh, how do you keep going when so much is going on that you may want to quit? Hmm. Uh, I'm like a shark. I have to keep moving. Um, I, I get a great deal of enjoyment out of, being in the classroom every day. I have wonderful kids that I love hanging out with. We make cool stuff. <laughs> I mean, it's awesome. The stuff, my kids, I get to watch movies for a living that, you know, or make something on the laser. I just feel like I'm the most fortunate guy in the world. So um, yeah, do, you know, on Saturday or Sunday when I'm, I've got a pile of stuff to grade, uh, it would be nice to um, just go out and go for a bike ride. Uh, so I, I guess I try to keep a balance though of that home life, um, work life. Uh, so I do try to get out and, and do some exercise. And um, but I'm I'm super fortunate. I I love what I do. That's so cool. Awesome. Uh, last question: Do you have a teacher in your past who made a difference in your life? If so, who was it, and what would you say if given the chance to say thank you? Oh man. Um, yeah, I guess the, the, 
Mr. Gibbs in high school was awesome. He was my uh, yearbook and um, he taught math. He taught science um, and photography gave me that start in, I guess, media <laughs> that, you know, making photos in the dark room. So Mr. Gibbs was awesome. He was kind of a, a crazy old scientist guy, you know, and um, I really appreciated him. Took us on trips for, uh, for um, National Honor Society, and and he was a he was a great old guy. And then um, in college, I had a professor that let me do that independent study uh, art on the computer when there was no art on the computer classes. And and I'm, I was racking my brain for his name, and I I can picture him clearly, and I can't remember his name. So um, I I'm sorry, college professor. But uh, you were great and giving me the flexibility to do that. I really appreciated that. That's cool. Thanks for sharing. And Joe, thanks so much for talking with me today. If You just got to this cool focus. I mean, keep doing what you do. You're an inspiration and helping us understand more about getting kids to, to want to do and accomplish more. Wish you the best. Thank you. I appreciate it. Uh, and uh, I hope to see some of you maybe at a conference or on a, a training sometime. Hey, you have been listening to Teaching, Learning, Leading K-12, a podcast to help you help kids achieve their dreams. Teaching, Learning, Leading K-12 is a member of the podcast network based in Canada called Voice Ed Radio. Voice Ed Radio, your voice is right here. The opinions expressed on Teaching, Learning, Leading K-12 are those of the guests and hosts. Teaching, Learning, Leading K-12 is intended to share ideas, advice, and suggestions. Teaching Learning Leading K-12 is produced for educational purposes. Hey, thanks for listening. It would be awesome if you visited my website at stephenmaletto.com and connected with me, left a review, and listened to more episodes. And by the way, you could also share it with your friends, with your family, and uh, your colleagues. Thanks so much. You're awesome.